right, everybody, welcome in to the West Side Sports Podcast. Well, welcome to the show. For those who don't know, I'm the host, Dakota Esri. If this is your first time listening to the show, welcome to the show. If you uh, enjoy the stuff that I cover on a weekly basis, we do these about three days a week or so. Or I should say I do for that matter of fact. Please uh, subscribe, uh, hit, hit the bell, and leave, leave a rating. All that really, really, really helps me out trying to get this podcast to be a little bit more of a wider network in general. Big shout out and thank you to everybody who has been listening, subscribing, all that good jazz. Thank you so, so much. Hope everybody's having a happy 4th. Hope you're having a safe and fun holiday. Lots of barbecue and all that good jazz. Today we have a very, very short uh, topic on around the world. I only have one on that today. And we have a lot of Mariners. Unfortunately, no Seahawks stuff quite yet because you haven't reached training camp. But, you know, I kind of handle whatever content's given my way. And with that being said, as we always do, we're going to hop right into around the world. It's going to start and end with Kevin Durant. The entire sports world has been figuring out a way to make sense of the tragedy in Brooklyn, for better lack of a term. Kevin Durant went to Brooklyn with the idea that he could be a savior for the Brooklyn Nets. Unfortunately, it all blew up in his face, for a better lack of an analogy. The team has not looked well at all. Kyrie Irving did Kyrie Irving things like I covered in the previous podcast. But now the quote-unquote sweepstakes for Kevin Durant begin. Uh, The teams such as the Phoenix Suns, the Bulls, the Miami Heat, Golden State Warriors, and the Lakers said they have, but we all know the Lakers just are trying to put their name into the contest just simply for uh, respect. And so therefore, Laker Nation doesn't go crazy bonanzas, you know. They're an interesting bunch. They're very prideful. For good reason so. But myself personally, I think Kevin Durant will probably go to Miami or or, uh, Golden State. Golden State, for me, the thing is, they've worked so hard the last couple of years to rebuild up that franchise from the ground up. James Wiseman, Jordan Poole, Jonathan Kaminga, the list goes on. They've got a really good, deep, young roster. They just spent a fair amount of money on Kayvon Looney, who more is more deserving than that than I think. I thought he was supposed to get more money than that. But overall, good deal for him, good deal for Golden State. But ultimately, Kevin Durant, he needs to win championships because currently Steph Curry has more championships than Kevin Durant. It's probably going to be a little bit of a pride issue for Kevin Durant in general due to the fact that he, we consider him one of the top 10 greatest scorers of all time. The uh, the flame out in Brooklyn will be a stain on, on his legacy, but if he's able to rebound and get back to the finals this year and possibly win it, it could possibly erase the fact that he was a huge letdown in Brooklyn. And that's really all I have usually around the world. It's a few more t- topics, conversation starters, stuff like that. But right now, there's just not a whole lot of big stuff going on. I'm not going to cover every single signing that's happened uh, in, in the NBA just due to the fact I'm not a huge NBA guy. This is more of a baseball and uh, football podcast. But I did see that Infernie Simmons from from the uh, Portland Trailblazers, excuse me, did get a nice extension, four years, 100 plus million. You want to make good money i guess uh, basketball is a good way to do it or the best way to do it, i should say because all their deals are guaranteed money okay so we got a lot of mariners today uh no seahawks unfortunately like i said earlier there's no information on dk metcalf signing 
It's kind of what I anticipated. We haven't reached training camp yet. This uh, organization is very, very strong to to their core pro, uh, core prospects and uh, not prospects principles. If I can talk today, probably one too many cups of coffee, but you know it's a holiday. Robbie Ray, wow, 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 wowza! I mean, I when we signed Robbie Ray, I was beyond excited like we all were he was the reigning defending Cy Young award winner he was the best pitcher in the American League he was the fastest pitcher in MLB history to reach a thousand strikeouts I mean goodness gracious guys on him don't exactly come off of trees very often right I got some stats on a couple of guys here and pardon me for doing some stat reading I know some of you like it because I like to see the chronological breakdown of where it's been over the timeline of the last 30 days, 14 days, 7 days. But I just kind of want to bring some numbers into perspective here, okay? Last night, or yesterday afternoon, Robbie Ray had 12 strikeouts. Obviously, they said on TV multiple times, season high. Fantastic outing. He did to Oakland what Oakland was supposed to happen. Took advantage of a weak lineup. Made hay with the cut grass, for a very lack of a farmer's analogy. Set the last five starts for Robbie Ray go like this. Three earned runs, 0.69 ERA. Man, my tongue is just tripping today. That coffee is kicking into overdrive. His overall record for the season states a 7-6, 3.62 ERA, 104 innings pitched with 117 strikeouts. Robbie Ray, as of the last eight starts went from a 4.96 ERA to a 3.62 ERA. He has taken a full point and dang near a quarter off of his ERA. And this all started like I've been covering the last few podcasts. I think this is like five podcasts in a row I've been talking about this pitch. The two-seam fastball for Robbie Ray has changed life for this man. He is a grunt. He was a grunter, four seam slider. That's all he had, really. That's all he thought he needed. Came to Seattle, realized the league had a kind of, you know, it's a cat and mouse game. You see this with rookies too. The league is going to adjust to what you're doing. They're going to see you have two main pitches. And if we can capitalize on the four seam, we force you to throw the slider. And if you can't control the slider to where you want to go to, the slider will hang. And the sliders hang, sliders get banged, equals dingers. That's not good. Robbie Ray was getting lit up. He was one of the top five pitchers in baseball with total home runs allowed before the stretch happened. He is starting to truly emerge as the ace of this rotation. A few podcasts ago, I talked about Logan Gilbert currently held that mantle, held that 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 position, that ranking, right? Well, what's been happening with Logan is that he's been unable to truly locate the fastball when he needs to, and when he has to rely on his secondary pitches, which is not nearly as good as his four-seam fastball, as we all know, he has a good slider, a working and a progress in the work changeup, work in progress changeup as well as a knuckle curve. The knuckle curve is a new pitch he's been incorporating throughout the year. Robbie Ray is really showing our young kids, Logan, Kirby, that, you know, there is 
multiple ways to skin a cat for bare lack of, of, of an analogy, right? I know it's kind of a little bit of a gruesome analogy for a sports thing, but it, you know, it is what it is. Robbie Ray has shown the league that even the saltiest of vets, Robbie is 30 years old now, right? If he can adjust to what the league is doing to him and say, okay, well, you're taking advantage of this. I need to be able to pitch to both sides of the plate on a on an every five day basis. Then he figured it out. The two seam starts opening up to the other side of the plate. The rest is history. Now you're seeing batters flail. Now you're seeing them off balance because the cat the batters cannot just lean on either the inside part of the plate or low. He is attacking both sides. Kirby, he's a good example of this. He's learning well from Robbie Ray. We're seeing him starting to paint corners with 96. And when you can paint corners with 96 mile an hour fastball with the kind of movement and arm side slot angle that he has, it's dangerous. It's just, does the ceiling in the future is so bright for this rotation. Marco, you've been nothing but consistent. You're having a record breakout season very quietly. I posted this up on my Facebook group, Sports in the Northwest. If you guys like the, the just general updates, conversation, topic starters, just really cool dad, father, son, sporting videos, kids videos, local information on sports through high schools, colleges, please follow me on that. I feel like I do a very good job on covering everything that comes around this area. Just want to give a little shout out on that. And then I got I to gotta talk about Julio Rodriguez. It's J-Rod's world, ladies and gentlemen. And we're all just living in it right now. We really are. When I talk about a couple minutes ago about stat reading, I got a lot of stats on Julio Rodriguez. Because, I mean, he literally won back-to-back -back Rookie of the Month for the American League. Over Bobby Witt Jr., I mean, there's I mean, there's so many good, talented rookies. Uh, the kid inside Houston, I can't think of his name, Jeremy Pena. You know, Julio is by far separating himself from the entire pack of rookies. Just, I want you to listen to these stats, okay? I'm going to start with the entire one for the season. I'm going to break it down over the last 30 games. We're going to go 30 down to 7 to give you an understanding of where he's of how his growth is happening right now 277 batting average is where he sits currently on the season with 14 home runs 41 stolen bases 20 or 41 rbis 20 stolen bases and an 820 ops that means on base percentage plus slugging his last 30 games he hit he's had 284 eight home runs 17 RBIs, drawn 10 walks, slugging 782. You're like, okay, that's not bad. Last 15 games, 327 average, six home runs, 11 RBIs, slugging seven. Or excuse me, slugging 880. This is unprecedented. I mean. And then he finishes the last seven games hitting 360 with three home runs. There's no re there. I mean, this is unprecedented what we're watching, ladies and gentlemen. 
We've all been diehard fans for you guys who listen to this podcast. We are Mariner fans to our core. And it's been a long freaking time since we had a rookie come in to baseball and just demolish everything, every obstacle in his path. He had such a rough start to the season. He led all of baseball in the most strike three calls out of the strike zone. This is this this has been a journey, an adventure. Now you have a J-Rod squad at the ballpark. This kid's a rookie. No fly zone. Have signs now. J-Rod jerseys are selling off the shelf. Off the off the racks. They can't keep him. I just got myself a Sunday cream one. Cause this kid is truly magnificent. He has a smile on his face constantly. He loves baseball so much. He truly reminds me of Ken Griffey Jr. And I'm gonna say it, you guys, I I almost dare somebody to disagree with me on this. The stats between his first 60 games and Junior's first 60 games are literally within two points of being identical. Same amount of home runs, one RBI different. Julio has six more stolen bases. And we thought, I mean, Junior was Junior. He brought baseball back to Seattle. A-Rod said, sayonara, I want $256 million. We have to lock this kid up, Jerry. John Stanton. I'm calling for your understanding and knowledge of baseball. There has never, I should say never, this is the first time in probably, what, 15 plus years? 20 years? We'll say 20 years. I mean, Ichiro came in in 2001 and did exactly what Julio was doing just without the power. He was a slapstick hitter, elite, elite speed, cannon for an arm. I mean, I can't, I can't say enough. Julio Rodriguez is the truth of this franchise. He is the face of this franchise. Last year, it was Mitch Haniger. Mitch Haniger sitting there like, man, I can't wait to get back and play with this kid. That's why he's ramping up hard. I got some injury updates at the end of this podcast today that's all exciting. Good news coming. But Julio Rodriguez, you deserve a standing ovation on a daily basis. Unbelievable, kid. What you've done for this city, for this franchise, for this fan base. You have. You are truly... The de- I know I've said the word truly like six times and I apologize for it. But it's the truth. He is the truth. He's tr- he is must-see baseball on a daily basis. Every at-bat, I drop my stuff. I don't care if I'm folding laundry, cooking dinner. Julio's batting, getting back to the television. Not missing anything. Because he is hitting the ball hard every time. Shannon Dreyer said this best or excuse me, Angie Mentakes said this best yesterday. Julio's three exit velocities. 112, 107, 104. All the dude does is punish baseballs. I feel bad for the baseball. 
when Julio Rodriguez hits it. Because it's going to get punished. Obliterated. Take the cover off of it. The Mariners are a hot team right now. And I believe, I'm going to say this with all my chest. Patriots, Cowboys, not America's team. The Mariners are America's team. We are the longest professional team to not have a winning, excuse me, to not win a championship in the history of our country. The Sabres, the Jets, all of them have won a ring before us. The Browns. We're 20 years. And it's, I, what's coming is Ty France is going to return within the next three weeks. Two weeks, hopefully. I'm guessing probably three because he means too much to the to the future and the upside and the longevity, longevity of this franchise. J.P. Crawford, he will return today. Back from his suspension. Overall, good things are coming for this for this franchise, for this team, for the fan base. All, all this jazz. Pardon me, my cat's making a mess. Because, you know, cats like to be cats. But overall, Kyle Lewis just started his rehab assignment today. That's great news. He's been out for almost a, over a month. And it's, man, having Kyle Lewis in there is going to make this lineup even that much longer. And overall, it's, uh, it's a beautiful thing. It really is. Because when Kyle Lewis is inside of this lineup, great things come. Now you have Suarez batting inside the six hole. You know, you could go... I still don't like J.P. Crawford at the top of the lineup. I think he's I think he's like a perfect nine-hole hitter, right? But for just a due example, J.P. Crawford, Ty France, Julio Rodriguez, Mitch Haniger, Jesse Winker, Suarez, Kyle Lewis. That's a that's a that's a borderline playoff winning team. You can get to the playoffs with that kind of with that kind of a squad, but you gotta keep the kids healthy. Taylor Trammell, huge loss. Injuries have been the downfall of this team. Just bad luck. It just flatly is. Can't get around it. But, like I said, injuries happen. It's a part of baseball. It's unfortunate. That's why conditioning in the offseason, getting yourself in the best possible shape, is always in the best interest of both the player and the team. But, Julio... God bless you, man. I cannot say thank you enough for everything that you've done for this for this city, the franchise, the fan base, the nightly watching occurrence. Thank you. Thank you for your smile. Thank you for being such a great role model for so many kids that are getting back into baseball because of Julio Rodriguez. Andres Munoz has been a fun Fun young pitcher to watch this year, right? Frustrating at times. Obviously, he gave up the Grand Slam walk-off to Franchi Cordero in Boston. But there's some uh, there's some stats that this kid's learned something. I talked about his body language a few podcasts ago. Just not being great. Shoulders were kind of slouched. You know, just didn't have like very positive body language. 
didn't seem like he had a demeaning presence on the mound. And when you're a bullpen guy, you gotta come in and just, just ice in the veins, you know, just three cups of coffee cracked out of your mind, you know, Paul Seawald, all that good jazz, right? That's what relievers do. You gotta come in full throttle. That's why I got a lot of respect for bullpen guys, because that is a tough, tough, tough gig. Andres Munoz, last 15 games. 16 innings pitched, 24 strikeouts, 1.62 ERA, 2 walks. This is where it gets really interesting. Last 7 games, 8 and 2 thirds innings pitched, 18 strikeouts, no walks. He's figuring out something. Something working. He's a two-pitch guy. Slider fastball. Fastball is 100 plus. Slider is going to be tight and nasty. But I'll tell you this much, ladies and gentlemen. 18 strikeouts over eight and two-thirds innings. That's going to play. You got you got that kind of weapon in the bullpen. Penn Murphy's been pretty dang good in long, in long relief this year. He's really, I think he's been the saddler for us this year. Been able to pitch a couple of innings when we need him to, especially in opening or opener positions. He's been fantastic. Pardon the page turn. Mariners have won straight four straight series. At one point this season, they were 11 games under 500. I wrote them off. I'll admit it. Just like this is, I don't see the end in sight here. I don't see a light at the end of the tunnel. Insert analogy. Well, I was very wrong. Quite wrong. I got a problem being wrong. It's part of the reason why I love this podcast. Because I don't I speak from a purely analytical perspective. I don't go into the fan stuff. I look at numbers. They now sit at three games under 500. They go into San Diego on a two-game series with the, with the possibility to get us to 500 or I believe if it's best possible thing where we sweep the Padres which I don't expect to happen I'll, I'll expect a, like a split it's a one and one Chris Flexen versus Sean Manaya today at 340 but there's a possibility that we either get two 500 or get one game above 500 at the all-star break which considering we were 11 games under 500 less like just over a month ago is unbelievable it's a great sign for the future we have, like I, talk, I talked about a few minutes ago, injuries have been the downfall of this team. You Sometimes you can handle it. Sometimes you can steady the ship. Sometimes you can't. That's why Ty France means so much to this lineup. When we get Kyle Lewis back in a couple of weeks, let's hope. Scott Service said a couple things about Kyle Lewis that I want to touch on here real quick. Scott Service stated specifically that we would, quote, need to see him play a lot as well as play consistently or every other day in the outfield before he can return back to the Major League squad. This is interesting because when he first came up to the squad, he was strictly a DH. Didn't play in the outfield. They couldn't risk uh, his knee having a flare-up or any kind of an issue due to the fact of how good his bat has been this season. Now Scott's saying, we need you to play the outfield. I... I assume this is probably because Taylor Trammell's injury. Granted, Sam ha uh, Sam Haggerty and Dylan Moore have been playing very good defense in the outfield on, on the corners. But overall, you know, if Skip says it, it's for a reason. It's coming from down, up above. 
Jerry's saying we need him to play more often. I kind of see why, because when Mitch Hanniger comes back, Mitch Hanniger's not going to play in the outfield very much. He's going to be primarily being DH'd. So Kyle Lewis needs to be able to play at least two days a week in the outfield. It's not asking for a lot. Put him inside the corners. Put him in right field probably while Taylor Trammell re uh, recovers from his uh, strained hamstring, the same one that took him out two games into his AAA season to start the year. Exciting news. I touched on uh, the previous podcast. We do uh, I do a segment called State of the Farm. I talk about the prospects that are shining the brightest in our farm system currently as we have the number two or some people call it the number one. Depends upon the uh, website or company that you look through. Baseball America, ESPN, all that good jazz. Emerson Hancock, the number four prospect in our farm system, had the best outing yet this season as he continues to build back from his injury that happened last year. He had five and two-thirds innings pitched, zero earned runs, six strikeouts. He uh, he battled Bobby Miller, who's the number three, 33 overall prospect in the country. He had 10 strikeouts. He's a, he's a Dodger prospect. But overall, this is a great signing, a great sighting from Emerson Hancock today. It's been a long road back for Emerson Hancock. Unfortunately, after he got hurt, it required a lot of rehab time. But, I mean, the kid has an elite pitch mix. Five pitch mix, four pitches above, well above average. From what you guys are, from what I've been seeing from all you guys inside the comment sections, you want more state of the farm, so I will be covering that more on a on a weekly basis. Which is a big thank you to those people who have been giving me comments on that stuff, so I kind of know what to go for in, in upcoming podcasts and shows. Tom Murphy had successful surgery on his torn labrum this weekend, expected to be ready for next year's spring training. Sorry to see that happen for Tom Murphy. He was having a awesome start to the year unfortunately he busted up his shoulder he did everything he could he quote exercised every option possible to return back to the squad but unfortunately he was unable to return back to the team in any kind of capacity where he could be attributing besides for just offense since he could not catch even though we could use the dh help that's why they went about the route of getting carlos santana instead and with that being said everybody that's gonna be it for today if you enjoyed the, the podcast, if you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, uh, hit the bell. So therefore, whenever I drop these episodes on the, on the new show for the new podcast, it comes to your phone. Free, simple, and easy. We are free on all platforms now, including Google Podcasts. I am free on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, uh, Index, as, few as, as, as well as a couple others. Please, if you enjoy it, uh, just leave it. Just give me a comment down below. If you want to go out onto my Twitter handle, capital PNW, uppercase P for professor, please let me know. I appreciate all your guys' comments, uh, kind words, and topics for upcoming po uh, podcasts and episodes. And with that being said, as I always hop out with, see us rise.